0: Welcome to the Connections Podcast, presented by the Nebraska Safety Council, serving all of Nebraska since 1961, providing education and leadership to empower people to live safe and healthy. Now, here is your host, Nebraska Safety Council Executive Director, John Leffler, Jr., Hello. Welcome
1: to the Connections Podcast. Good to see you. I am John Leffler, Jr. Executive Director here with the Nebraska Safety Council, and we are uh, in our final uh, podcast, our Connections Podcast of the year. So excited to uh, do a little bit of housekeeping today, uh, and that is uh, on the wellness side of things, getting ready to go with the uh, 2024 and that, that dreaded phrase, New Year's resolutions. But really it's gone beyond that now. That's not what we're talking about. What we are talking about will be wellness in the workplace, what works well. Uh, so we have some special guests. We'll get to that here in a moment, but did wanna let you know if you have been watching uh, or have come to see us up at the uh, Herdad Sports Bar um, that we are, I'm going to be moving the majority of these podcasts in the coming year uh, to this format where we'll be streaming live and uh, you'll be able to find us on Facebook uh, or X. We'll also have this archive so you'll be able to come to our website as well to check it out. So if you're not able to follow us live, you'll be able to go back and hear from our fantastic guests and all the the content that we like to share in this Connections podcast. So uh, nesafetycouncil.org is our website. Um, do want to let you know that if you have watched any of these uh, Connections podcasts and you have an idea, if you uh, have a, a special guest and um, if your organization or, or business, especially for those that are members uh, of the Nebraska Safety Council, something that you feel that the, the community in general would benefit from, we would certainly love to hear from you. And uh, you can get a hold of us uh, by emailing N-E-S-C at nesafetycouncil.org uh, you can always give us a call as well at 402-483-2511 you'll notice that at the bottom of the screen we have information about a couple of events that are coming up including our uh, work well networking and training series reversing pre-diabetes in the workplace that will be going on wednesday january 10th so after the first of the year here eleven thirty, and you can visit our website for more information on that the other uh, item that I wanted to share before we jump into today's uh, show is our upcoming annual conference. In fact, this is our 46th annual conference for the Nebraska Safety Council. We are going to be here in Lincoln on UNL East Campus on April 24th and 25th. Registration is open right now, and there are a number of different ways that you can get registered, whether it be just our awards luncheon or if you would like to attend both days or one day or another anysafetycouncil.org is where you can learn all about that. So today we wanted to uh, discuss workplace wellness, and this is something that just from a personal per you know perspective, I recall twenty some years ago. Um, the the HR manager uh, sharing information with us that we were gonna be starting a wellness program. And at that time, I think the wellness program was a bowl of fruit that was in the break room. Um, Clearly, worksite wellness and workplace wellness um, is, is something that has evolved through the years. In fact, you can go back 60 some years and probably get an idea, albeit nothing like what we would call workplace wellness now, uh what has become the the idea of a working lunch and how it's evolved into work-life balance you know the idea of that three martini lunch and that was just what well, we got out of the office and so we're kind of trying to take care of ourselves to now uh businesses and organizations being a lot more cognizant of the issues that are affecting um their their staff their people and uh prior to uh, coming on here today um, one of our guests uh, kelsey who is our wellness services manager here at the nebraska safety council had shared some information with me and i want to make sure that i get this correct but it was uh, the source was uh, constellation behavioral health and the national alliance of mental health estimates that untreated mental illness costs this country up to 300 billion dollars every year due to losses in productivity $300 $300 billion. So workplace wellness, what we look to accomplish here today is to discuss those first steps in establishing a culture of wellness in your workplace, whether this is something you've been doing for a while or it's you you've always wanted to introduce this into the culture of your business or organization um we also will discuss kind of the fundamentals for communication what you should do versus maybe not do what programming might look like i think sometimes people look at a very very large wellness program as being the only one that could be deemed effective that simply isn't true especially if you're getting started and most importantly how you get the buy-in from your staff which is extremely important this is something that is a collaborative effort um as, as i mentioned before a comprehensive wellness program is going to include solutions and resources that manage chronic conditions, that manage uh, mental health, health coaching, and these wellness programs are not reserved just for large corporations. This is something that everybody can be involved in. So uh, now, I would like to uh, introduce our, our guest. Um, she's actually been involved in the evolution of worksite wellness and safety since Richard Simmons and Jane Fonda, if um, you remember those two, and of course you do, bringing more than 25 years of of experience at the Nebraska Safety Council Wellness Services. Uh, Karen's passion for total worker well-being has shown through not only her personal relationships with Nebraska businesses and her ability to create and customize programs specifically designed to increase worksite safety, uh, reduce work related injuries and improve the quality of life for business owners, employees, and their families. So, I'd like to welcome with the Nebraska Safety Council our wellness services uh, consultant, uh, Karen Reem. Karen, I'll have you pop up here in a moment? There you are. How are you doing? And <laughs> really joining good, you, uh, <laughs> good to see you. Joining you, we've also got uh, Kelsey Proust, who's been working in a variety of health and wellness ventures for the last 14 years. Her experience Uh, spans from group fitness and personal training to teaching nutrition at the college level as well as multiple stints in a corporate wellness setting. Kelsey's passion lies with providing education on comprehensive well-being practices as well as health coaching and program development. Our wellness services manager here at the Nebraska Safety Council, Kelsey Peruse. Hey, Kelsey. Hello, hello and finally and i will tell you that this bio was provided by bob this is yeah. not what i wrote in fact all the bios were provided by our esteemed panel here today uh, robert williams is with garner industries he is the director of human resources there and his words not mine is as old as dirt uh, thanks to the uh, many wellness steps that he's taken over the course of his life which you know what it's a, Kind of a little bit of a bittersweet, uh, you know, start there. But no, it's 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 good to say that in fact, um, we are here because of the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born with bad blood and has grown, and has had to uh, row upstream his entire life to stay above ground. Uh, professionally, he's worked managing operations in both the public and private sector, and for the past eighteen years has worked in human resources. During that time. Uh, he has built or uh, built upon wellness and safety programs at four different companies. Currently, as we said, the director of human resources at Garner Industries, where one of his many duties is heading up the wellness program for Garner. And I have to say, we appreciate very much as a member of the Nebraska Safety Council, uh, you, you uh, and the rest of the team over at Garner Industries have always been uh, wonderful supporters of us. Bob Williams, welcome.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for good reason, too. You guys yeah, do great things. You really. Do.
1: Well, I appreciate that. We've got a lot to get into um, that we're going to be uh, talking about here. So we're gonna step away for a quick moment and then get back into this uh, idea of workplace wellness. And I think that for those that are joining us today, there's probably some that are maybe wondering a little bit about best practices because they've got established wellness programs. But I think many more, Um, might see the idea of developing a workplace wellness uh, program uh, as being a really daunting task. And we're hoping to alleviate maybe some of those uh, misconceptions and pressure. We'll get into that and jump into the discussion with our panel that is next on the Connections podcast.
0: Nebraska Safety Council is doing our part to keep Nebraska roads safe but it takes you to make it happen with support from the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office, the Nebraska Safety Council can provide a free road safety presentation for your business or organization, education and up-to-date information on seatbelt safety, cell phone use distracted, impaired and drowsy driving along with assistance in developing your road safety policies visit any Safety Council Dot org to learn more
1: welcome back to the connections podcast uh joined today by bob williams director of human resources at garner industries kelsey Proust, wellness services manager at the nebraska safety council and uh Former wellness services manager. We're not gonna. We're not gonna let her ride off into the sunset and enjoy that retirement quite yet. Wellness service specialist uh, Karen Reem. Karen, we're talking about uh, workplace wellness, the steps to take, uh, whether you have an established program or it's something that you're thinking about uh, getting into, and maybe just have uh, felt a little bit of pressure, anxiety, <laughs> maybe about trying to get something going because of the buy-in that you want with your staff, and you know you would. I know you were joking, but you had said that, you know, you've been in it as long as, you know, if you remember Richard Simmons and Jane Fonda. And you know what? I think about those two and and I, I hate to say it, maybe not so much with Jane Fonda, but with Richard Simmons, you know, the message has always been a positive one. The message has always been spot on. They It wasn't a gimmick. It was truly trying to get people... To, to take care of themselves and you know the idea of a wellness program in the workplace, it's changed so much that that concept since it really picked up steam starting back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And you've had the unique experience of actually working in this space and helping with that evolution and watching programs develop. So my question for you is from your perspective, how has the approach to building a wellness program evolved? How would you say that it's it's changed since, you know, I kind of, I was speaking kind of in a joking fashion, but we've got a wellness program and it's this bowl of fruit in the, in the you know, break room to what we have now, and what the expectations are.
3: Yeah. And John, you are spot on. We have come a long way. Um, we have been able to develop and create safer and healthier workplaces for individuals um, which is help them boost their own personal well-being and also their families um, and the example that you gave i mean we did survive the three marty three martini lunches and the smoking lounges from the 1960s mm-hmm. through the exercise video craze um, a lot of positive and motivational opportunities have come through that. Um, but you look at 50 years ago, 60 years ago, the focus was on the employer and looking at the bottom line, where today the focus is on the individual and their total well being. And that's what we're focusing on. And so for businesses of all sizes, it's a benefit to implement and offer wellness and safety initiatives because it helps boost the energy and the productivity and the retention of your workforce. Um, In addition to reducing work-related injuries, um, hospitalizations, maybe increased medication use because of anxiety and depression. So we are here as a team and we can provide resources and help you from step one through step 14, As much as you need assistance. Um, So it's an exciting time. Um, When I started out um, back in the 80s, the degree was community health, and they said go out and make things happen. And so it was a new concept. They didn't know what this would evolve to, but here we are. And it's very, very exciting.
1: And so is it fair to say that the challenges for you back then is that you know you're you're sort of given this directive go out and 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 help the community you know everyone in the community be healthier but you're dealing with with organizations and with businesses that really are viewing wellness more as we we've got to save money like we we've, we've got to we've got to figure out the bottom line piece on this and that's
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know maybe the the training that that has evolved during that that time as well that now it's not just going out and try to make things better, but understanding how to work within the framework. I mean, healthcare costs continue to rise. Mm -hmm. Um, There continue to be more and more expectations as those that are in the workforce are educated on what their rights are and what what should an employer be offering you uh, as far as support. Um, and and Bob, you know, I, I that's a lot of the questions that I'm going to have for you here in a moment sure. because you have such a unique perspective on this in the, in the environment that you work in. But I want to jump over to you real quick, Kelsey, before we do go to Bob. There's been sort of a second evolution or focus with the idea of wellness in the workplace, and a lot of that, um, when i really specifically, is coming out of the pandemic. And I know that there's a fatigue with that. People don't want to talk about the pandemic or, or COVID anymore. We want to move on. But, you know, we're talking about a, a solid two years there that has affected people. It has affected business, many of which are still dealing with the, the effects of that. What are the changes that you find yourself helping organizations navigate through now having come out of that experience?
4: Yeah. So, I would agree. I know people are tired of hearing the P word, but I'm go- I'm going to say it. The the largest challenges that we have seen post pandemic, there's a massive need for mental and emotional health resources. That it's it's overwhelming. work. like you mentioned, your first stat that three billion dollars. I know we don't want to necessarily talk about just the bottom line, but it does give a number to how concerning these amounts are of chronic stress, of burnout, of of compassion fatigue. That we're seeing, and I'm actually going to throw a few stats in here too. So get, let me get my notes. But um, 76% of US workers report at least one symptom of a mental health condition. That's a massive amount of people. 81% of workers are reporting that they will be looking for workplaces that support mental health in the future. So, with kind of some of this quiet quitting and the great resignation that we saw, like, peop- this is people are looking for this specifically. They are feeling burnt out, and they're going to try and go look for places that support these mental health and emotional health resources. Now, I'm going to get up on my soapbox just a little bit, so bear with me. Um, I'm a huge believer, and I think you mentioned this earlier, on a comprehensive wellness program and really looking at wellness and safety and all of these facets of wellness and meeting people where they're at. Um, And in that, to Karen's point, in that evolution of worksite wellness that we've seen over the years, I feel like there used to be this big push for what we think of as physical wellness of how, how you move your body, what you eat and that stuff is, is so, so, so important. Like I don't want to say that that doesn't matter, but if we have a massive amount of our population that is drowning in mental and emotional health issues they're not probably thinking about what am I eating today if they can barely get out of bed. So taking that knowledge and knowing that post-pandemic, this is the way we need to move, we need to start investing in, in these mental health resources, knowing that if we invest in the mental health and the emotional health, once people get the space to get that addressed, then some of those other areas of wellness can then be built back up and then they have the space to think about, okay, yes, now I'm taking care of myself. Okay, now I have the space to think about what what I can eat, how I can move my body, what my health screen numbers are. So long story short, that's what we're navigating right now. You said, what changes are we doing to help organizations navigate that? How can we provide resources that address mental health so that they can then get back to that holistic, comprehensive view of wellness. So off and my soapbox now. <laughs>
1: you know, and, you know, that three hundred billion dollars that you that you mentioned in lost productivity, um, it, it's incumbent on those that are in leadership with business and organizations to be good stewards of their people's time and of the investment that others are making into the business. And that also includes taking care of your people and that that's where you're able to um, you know, really mitigate those, those staggering losses. Bob, you've had experience in large, medium and small organizations, but the common theme for you in all of them um, is you've always been driven to find that, that quote unquote better way to do things. And as a human resources professional, do you view wellness as an integral integral part of your work in making operations better for your team? Do you feel that that young HR professionals, you know, maybe folks like you and I that you know that are not like you and I, I should say, you know, old as dirt, um, you know, should they be focusing sort of in that in that area too? Uh,
2: yeah. So I guess my perspective of wellness has has evolved over those years. I mean starting out it was the hr manager dragging in there's a bowl of fruit hey we're going to be healthy and well and stuff and what can we do to yeah, you know, get you to walk around the block this week and those types of things um and and i guess now i kind of view things more um as, as Kelsey would say holistically and stuff and and when you tie all these things together and it's not just wellness right but it is safety and it's benefits um more and more we are, we are using benefits to drive wellness and vice versa. I mean, they really feed off each other. And um, I think a lot of our success with wellness these days, I mean, it's very much a carrot and stick approach, right? You know, when you're trying to motivate people to participate, um, you've got to do a lot of different things because you've got a lot of different people, different individuals, they're all motivated by something else or by something different. So what can you do to, to kind of bring all those different people in and, and get them involved. And utilizing our benefits program um, has, has really allowed us to kind of open some doors and get people doing things that they wouldn't do or weren't doing before. Um, so that's that's somewhat of the stick approach too. But we're just providing them just just really valuable information that maybe they didn't know or didn't see, and and that's um, it's really kind of key to helping them stay healthy. Um, you know, when I, in my bio, right, old as dirt, and, and I've had to work real hard to stay above ground. Uh, when I was um 21, I had a full physical. I was going to work for the federal government, and the doctor said, your blood looks like a 45-year-old patient of mine that just had quintuple bypass surgery, right? So, you know, it's, um as a nurse said, um, who was, was doing a lunch and learn for us one time, you know, nature loads the gun, we pull the trigger, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, so. Um, nature and the fact that i work i won't name drop but I, I worked at this place they have these golden arches and stuff and i was living off that food for about five years so that didn't help either but um just understanding for myself um, these barriers that i have um, and that i would better pay attention to them um, throughout my life and control these things that um, maybe nature didn't really put in my favor has made a big difference and so that's that's really what we're trying to do with our employees these days is just get this stuff in front of them and open their eyes and, and make them look at themselves and and um, maybe their blood biomarkers and what that means and what that represents and um, and that just kind of helps open the door to wellness and and when they see the need when they see the need that you know hey I need to do things differently um, if I want to stay above ground um, then then then, then they, they start participating they start paying attention so Bob you
1: you were over at garner industries yep and you've been there for for some time now um a unique environment you guys you i'm I'm looking at the list here there's cnc machining mold manufacturing plastic injection molding so besides those that are actually out on the floor yeah those that are in the office as well you have a unique workplace environment right right um the the communication piece i want to start with you as far as okay now i'm starting to think about what are those what are those fundamentals that i should have in place for my my wellness program to be effective how how does the communication is it does it change when you're speaking to those different audiences because yeah. obviously me sitting in a, in an office for most of the day versus someone who's out using that machinery and dealing with maybe fatigue there the fatigue that i deal with versus their fatigue how it affects their work performance and their safety is very different.
2: Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily see that as the biggest obstacle. Um, I think it's easy to connect with people regardless of their work environment. Probably our biggest obstacle is just, you know, um, language and ethnicity. I mean, mm-hmm. 35% of our employees are born in Vietnam. So how do you reach that group and how do you participate? So I think no matter what group you're speaking to, whether it's based on ethnicity or whether it's based on profession, Um, You you just got to speak to them in a language that they understand and then that that connects with them. And
1: And that's um, a really that's a really good point. When you do have, you know, a multicultural workforce and you have those that where, you know, English is a second language. um, What what have you done at Garner to to communicate with those people? Because obviously the equity there, you know, wellness and safety, it's for everyone that's there, not just. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, no, it's 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 a couple of things. One thing, you know, translate what you can and provide them um, that information in their, their native language. And we have internal translator um, for the, the different languages that are spoken here. We have a translator for every language that kind of helps us with that um, too. Um, and, and the other things like we are doing ELL classes on site, you know, um, partnering with Lincoln Literacy Council, they come in and do cohorts and we let employees do that on the clock and things like that. To, improve their english skills which helps them inside and outside of work also so you know a lot of it is just are you are you caring for your employees are you taking care of your employees and doing everything that you can to help them be successful um in life in health wellness all of that inside and outside the walls of your your work environment Um, and when you start doing those things um we have very low turnover from a lot of those populations and i think it's you know they feel that you have their back and when they feel that way there's that, that breeds a lot of loyalty and
1: it has that really stemmed maybe just more from the the ongoing communication or do you feel that you have a a level of benefit you know features benefits uh, opportunities sort of those soft benefits the total compensation
2: package? yeah yeah you know you I, I think it's i think it's both i think i think those it's a lot of those things come into play you know it's um it, it's pretty complex and stuff and um uh uh, I, I definitely think people, like with our wellness things and issues are, and um, solutions and the, the things we're providing them these days, um, it, it's, that goes a long way towards retaining them too, you know? So, um, you know, these people are helping me be healthier. And, and it's, like I said, there's some carrot and stick to that and stuff, but mostly it's just about, hey, we care about you, um, we're in this together. Here's here are the things that we can do. So we create this win-win situation, right? Where where you win with your health, right? And and we win with bottom line, right? It, it it's it still comes into play, right? That's why I say benefits are so important. And 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 we're fortunate in that we're in a place where we're 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 self-insured, we're in a, a very a great captive program that really emphasizes wellness. So we can see things and we can do things and we can provide information. We can look at our population and very specifically, what are some issues that we have going on there? Um, But that allows us to really tailor our wellness program to our unique situations and our unique environments. Uh, We can see, hey, we've got this problem um, that, that is maybe greater for our company than it is in the general population. Or vice versa. Hey, this isn't much of a problem for us, so we're we're not. We don't really need to focus on it at this time.
1: So I want to jump back to you, Karen. Um, in, in dealing with actual employee engagement, I mean, obviously, hearing from Bob and the culture that's at Garner with regards to wellness and safety, um, Kelsey, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you here in a second to ask about that situation specifically. But Karen, when you walk into a business, maybe a smaller business of uh you know anywhere from 50 to 100 staff and they you you have leadership there that says you know we we need to start looking at having some sort of a wellness program but really don't know where to start we also don't know if with the with the population that we have if they're going to be really bought in where Where do you typically guide them to to simplify the process as far as engagement, like to roll this thing out? Where does that start for you?
3: You know, it starts with leadership buy-in. And there's key fundamentals that businesses, as far as different steps that they can take to to boost the employee engagement. But it starts with leadership. And so if you have leadership buy-in and they are providing information and supporting and participating in your wellness and safety initiatives, and that's going to have a huge impact. It's going to speak very loudly to um, the workforce. Um, You also wanna make sure that you have representation um, as far as employees from different shifts, um, maybe different cultures and ethnicity, um, different departments that are serving on a wellness and safety committee and feel that they are representing individuals um, within their departments, um, giving them a voice in hearing what their concerns are and possible solutions, what they're interested in participating in. So once you have that that buy-in from leadership and you have a wellness and safety committee established, then you're looking at the data. So you're looking at work related injuries, you're looking at number of days sick, you're looking at um, health screening information. So you're looking at your blood work, you're looking at, well, not necessarily individual companies have that access to that information. It's usually a third party provider, Um, but you're looking at an overall aggregate um, of what the health screening data is or the health risk assessment. Um, And then with that data, you can prioritize what areas you wanna focus programming and services on. And once you have rolled that out, then of course you want to evaluate and see how effective it was. But where we're at right now is life can be heavy. And Kelsey alluded to that too from the mental health standpoint. Individuals want to have fun. Mm -hmm. So any way that you can boost the energy, um, increase that engagement through fun, simple activities to get your program going, you're going to have greater success. But those key fundamentals, they rely on each other. So again, leadership is the first step. It's bringing members of your leadership and admin team together and talking about what their priorities are and how they are going to be engaged in this initiative. And then bringing in the the wellness and safety committee, looking at the data, implementing programs and a variety of different programs because when you're implementing programs you want to make sure that you are also offering reasonable alternatives because you do have individuals in your workforce that may have limitations and so they need to be able to participate in the program too Um, so you want to make sure you have reasonable alternatives
1: kelsey for you let's let's take it up to the you've got the, the example that Karen gave with just that leadership buy-in, but let, let's take it to the 201, 301, 401 level, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got someone like Bob at Garner who, along with the rest of leadership there, um, you know, they, they have a robust wellness and safety program. This is something they've been doing for a while. So for them, it's not so much, you know, well, what do we do as much as refining what they do so that they're, from a from a cost perspective, um, they're continuing to serve their people, but they're also, you know, maintaining that 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 fiscal responsibility with these mm-hmm. programs. So, how do you integrate into that? What are the pieces that you take to them as far as helping to elevate the employee engagement?
4: Mm-hmm. So, we've actually had a really unique opportunity this year Uh, and that we've launched a new wellness and safety portal. And Garner has been a phenomenal partner in this because, because they have an established program. Bob's been able to take it and run with it and give some ideas. We have basically used their kind of landing page and their wellness portal page to not only still have the wellness point, like rewards point engagement and doing campaigns, but we're driving them to their portal to have all of those benefits, like Bob said, wellness and benefits. And so we have built kind of almost a landing page inside and outside of their portal page so they can get access to everything in one spot, which I think is phenomenal. Um, they do some cool stuff with like blood age. And I, I don't know all the ins and outs, so don't ask me what that means. But <laughs> so we, we built that, that's something they do. We have built that into then their rewards plan so employees who are participating in this get rewarded for participating we can take their safety trainings and if they participate they can get those rewards points so the fact that they're established has been great because then we can really customize and plug and play and what works here what doesn't and then it was also really cool because i got to then go out to their open enrollment meetings and and see them actually live out because of the first open enrollment meeting they brought out a vietnamese translator so i got to go demo the portal and then also watch that segment of their population get that phenomenal treatment. So it's been it's been a cool experience to be able to work with Garner. So thanks Bob. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Bob,
1: Bob Karen brought something up that from your I'm interested in your perspective on this. As director of human resources for Garner Industries, let's just imagine for a moment that you have decided we need to offer some sort of wellness program for a human resources director especially you know i mentioned the you know the young one that maybe has just moved into a position and you're presenting this and you don't have that buy-in from the rest of leadership or they don't see the value in investing because for whatever reason we, we could spend hours talking about why they wouldn't how do you handle that situation what what how do you cut through all of the, you know, the BS for, for lack of a better term and just get to the heart of it and speak to them in terms that they can
2: understand. Yeah. No, no. Hey John, um, I'm going to show you how to drive your benefits down 10% next year. Are you interested in that? Yeah. I mean, it, that, that, you want their attention. That's, that's how you get it. And that's what we've been able to do is really drive our benefits. Expense down by just doing some things that um, other people weren't doing. I mean, we were facing at one time a fifty percent increase in our benefits. We had just traditional insurance, and um, and that's what kind of drove us into that self-insured captive space. But by being in that space, it really supports wellness. And in fact, to get into the captive we were in, you had to be doing some things with wellness just to get into it. So you know, you, you talk about budgets, and our our wellness budget is pretty small, right? But the money we spend on benefits is huge. So we use benefits to support wellness in, in so many different ways. Um, you know, I'm really excited about having that portal there. And that Kelsey pointed out, one of the things we wanted to do is just drive people to that portal. So, you know, they're, they're always coming to me. Hey, how do I get to my 401k? Hey, how do I get to find my best provider and stuff? So we put all those links on the homepage. And so now I just say, well, just log into your wellness portal. And I Go do it otherwise i'm not going to help you any other way right so i'm kind of forcing them to to, to get to to those those things so um yeah how, how do you get buy-in from leadership really a lot of times if if they're skeptical it's going to be bottom line and you just got to show them how you're going to save them money you know a, a real good example is you know um like uh, the the blood profiles you do every year and uh, blood panels and stuff and so mm-hmm. You know, you can just have them go to their doctor and do it. Well, what we started, what we do, and I think other companies do this too, is we have a provider come in, we do four different panels. We, we have like 29 different biomarkers that we're measuring. Um, Cost us $60 a person, right? They go to the doctor and do that. And that hits your insurance for, I don't know, three, four, five hundred dollars a person. So just little things like that start to add up and we get that out of the the, the insurance space. Right. And we just pay that bill and and then our premiums don't go up as much the next year. And, and when premiums go up, right, right, employees see it, but employees probably only see about a tenth of it. Sometimes if your employees go, your premiums go, up. the company sees the majority of that. Right. So that's how you get buy in. You just start doing those little things. And, um, and you create win-wins. And Kelsey mentioned like the blood age thing, which is really cool. And um, we just got this from our symposium last year, a brand new company starting. We take those 29 blood biomarkers and we send them off to this company. And then you get a, a several-page report and it shows your chronological age, right, which we all know, and then your blood age. And it's taking all those different biomarkers and telling you this is making you older, this is making you younger, here are things you can do those things that are making older to bring those down, take that to your doctor and see what your doctor has to say. So um, yeah, it, it, the bottom line is the bottom line, right? It's just like, if you wanna get, if, I, if I'm talking to someone new in HR and they're like, hey, how do I get this off the ground? It's like, you talk start talking about, hey, down the road, here's how we're gonna start saving money here. And, and, and even if you can't go into that self-insured captive space, there are things you can be doing with with, with benefits and, and that, that, that tie in really closely with wellness and and, help you build a robust wellness program um, where people participate and it's very effective and and also drive your, your benefit costs down healthier. People just don't cost as much when it comes to benefits.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think really too, sort of a, uh, a pleasant byproduct of that, you know, when you combine the, the benefit piece, the wellness piece with the bottom line, those cost savings, those together, Really, are going to positively affect workplace culture because you 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 you're creating opportunities by creating a healthier workforce mm-hmm. for there to be financial benefit in a lot of other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- that to me, I think is is for my learning process has been um, pretty eye opening. Karen, I want to I want to jump to you as we kind of get into our last couple of questions here, but having had the experience of seeing these wellness programs evolve, you know, over the last 30 years or so, simply put, how would you define success for a business organization that's has their wellness program in year one? And then what should that look like? If everything, you know, the stars align and the creek don't rise or whatever the saying is uh, you know, in year 20, what should that wellness program look like?
3: And John, you you hit it uh, nail on the head as far as when you're talking about culture and culture within your workplace is key to keeping um, individuals working for your company as far as retention and also morale Mm -hmm. and that employee engagement. Um, Something that we have seen over the years is that individual companies, they wanna start out at a higher level than starting out at the beginning they want to accomplish everything in the first year or two but it takes time to build that culture Mm -hmm. and so that first year as a company is kicking off their program it could be simple challenges wellness challenges safety challenges it could be providing articles and information about the benefits of exercising or eating healthy um, getting enough sleep managing your stress levels And with that, you're opening doors. You're planting the seed and providing that support and the guidance um, in that first year. Um, The first year could also include a health risk assessment. It could also include a health screening. But then year three to five, as your program is growing, then you may be looking at the benefit of implementing a comprehensive wellness and safety initiative where you do see a cost savings on your insurance premium. That's difficult to achieve in year one. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And typically companies would not be successful in managing that. So it takes time to, again, build that leadership buy-in and the culture and creating that, that foundation within your company to see the benefits down the road. And when you're looking- It
1: would be fair to say then, okay, we we need to build a wellness program that maybe the first six months or year one, it's just simply a consistent, just consistent messaging. Yes. And, and, And that's the goal. That it's just simply that, is we're going to find a resource, like say the Nebraska Safety Council, And, you know, we're going to provide them with articles, with information, with, with what they need to be able to sort of create that foundation. I mean, that could really be the goal for year one. It's as simple as that, just purely communication, Mm -hmm. because when we talk about, you know, year 20 and, and you look at an example like Garner Industries and everything that they have, I mean, you could literally look at theirs as a, as the example and pull pieces and then assign those to, you know, whether that be, you know, year three to five year six to 10, or whatever the case may be. Yes, Um, And that's the benefit that we have is that we do have businesses that are members that have just started. They're just exploring it. We also have those that have been in, they've been at this for a while now. Um,
3: And for those businesses that are just getting started, we have a training worker 360 training that addresses those key fundamentals mm-hmm. and provides a one, three, five year plan um, to help companies get started, but then also sustain and um, grow that success. Um, but when you're looking at some of the challenges that businesses have, again, Bob, you uh, mentioned it also, language can mm-hmm. be a barrier, um, different shifts, different locations, um, Even middle management can be a barrier if the managers or supervisors are not engaged and they don't have that buy-in like the leadership does or the wellness and safety committee. So that's another step too, to address as far as challenges.
1: Kelsey, I want to jump to you and Bob, I'm going to get your thoughts on this as well before we wrap up today. And that is for those that are coming to you, um, or, you know, Bob, in your case, maybe asking for uh, advice on what would be the non-negotiables or, or what would be the, the pieces that make my wellness program comprehensive?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we want to be able to offer our people a comprehensive wellness program. Um, for year one, year three, year five, you know, what, what do those non-negotiables look like? What absolutely has to be there for those people?
4: So, I'm gonna go back to my soapbox for my question one. <laughs> so i'm I'm gonna circle back that the the that holistic component, I am such a believer in you have to meet people where they're at. And so to build a comprehensive wellness and safety portal, you need to be offering rewards or incentives for things like physical wellness, like I mentioned before, based on these stats, emotional wellness, mental wellness. But, you know, sometimes those things aren't people's jams or they feel uncomfortable or whatever. So then you can build in rewards around occupational wellness or safety and say, hey, if that doesn't feel tangible yet, we just want to meet you where you're at. How about we can incentivize a reward or give you benefit for trying to be safe at work? And you build those into your rewards program, your wellness program. There's social wellness, all of these pillars of wellness. There's social wellness where do you have? healthy interdependent relationships with people with nature and incentivizing rewarding saying good job for doing this spiritual wellness whatever that means for each individual but just developing an appreciation for something bigger than yourself and then um there's one more hang on intellectual wellness there we go you know I know, and maybe this is just because I've spent most of my career at a desk job. Sometimes you sit there and you do this all day at your computer and you go home and you're like, why am I still so tired? I didn't move. But we get this brain drain. So there's also intellectual wellness and building and rewarding and incentivizing for saying, hey, you're taking time out of your day to try and develop your brain outside of work, whether that's creativity. All of these things need to be built to be comprehensive. We can't just say, oh, good job for moving your body. That's great. But what else? How else are we needing people where they're at? So sorry for soapbox number two.
1: <laughs> it's all good. But you know, Bob, that's a great lead in to yeah. uh, a lot of what you have talked about here today. And for Garner Industries, you guys are, you know, from a, a wellness safety program perspective, you know, a a more mature company, a more mature organization. Um, And you clearly have identified the bottom line, um, you know, benefits, and continue to to refine the program. But for you, all these years in, from your your where you sit as director of human resources, what to you are the non negotiables for Garner to maintain what you believe is a comprehensive wellness program
2: well first off i want to kind of go back to what karen said you know where where you're talking about year one to 20 and stuff and and i look at other companies around town and and what they've done with wellness in the past i mean we have coop award winners down around here i mean i think we're just light years behind them so it's it's really just um regardless of where you're at that focus on continuous improvement right and, and that and i pull that from all my lean experience from managing operations and stuff, but you just always have to be looking at what can we do, do better. Um, starting out, what are, what are those essentials? I think you're, you need a committee and you need a diverse committee. It needs to represent a lot of people and you need to just pull in a lot of ideas. You, you may have a lot of expertise under your roof that you're not even aware of and um, and then come together. And then as Kelsey was saying, don't just focus on, nutrition or or physical well-being there's so many different things and pieces that come in into play there um you know and and not everything not everyone's gonna be attracted to everything either right someone may not care about nutrition i'm gonna eat at mcdonald's i don't i dropped the word sorry i'm gonna (laughs) eat at that place with the golden arches no matter what right but oh hey yeah maybe financially i could be healthier right so it's like those types of things so you know, and you start to pull them in and you, and when you get them interested in one thing, they start listening to other things too. So you just got to just slowly build it. And it does, it takes a lot of time to build, um, a, a culture, a, a, a really solid wellness culture. I think we're, we're light years away from it here. And I, I'll always carry that perspective because that's what kind of drives you to keep saying, Hey, are we doing all we should? Are we doing all the things that we can to help people? And, and, um, and then, yeah, other things. I look at your benefits. I mean, you know, one thing that we provide—I um, don't know if anyone's ever used like TeleDoc or whatever—but we pay for healthiest use. So our employees have twenty-four-seven access to doctor on their phone for free if they're in our health plan for free. They can call a doctor anytime, and that also includes behavioral health. You know, we talk about mental health and how important that is. It's just—it's such a, an important piece, and it's so hard to find providers these days. But our employees on our plan. 24/7 if they need that help they can they can get it and it doesn't cost them anything so um, there's there's other little things too you can look at doing that, that aren't a great expense but have a great benefit and once you start helping people and they realize that they start listening to you.
1: Last uh, last thing here before we wrap up, and Bob, I, I just you you mentioned something as far as feeling, and and maybe it's more of a motivator than actual fact, but that you know you're light years away from where you want to be, you know, you, you talk a lot about getting the that internal input from from the people at Garner Industries, um, peer groups, or you know just others that are that are in the in the industry that that you uh, have mm. sort of leaned on or just kind of had had coffee and talk a little best practices or, or, or any of that? I mean, you did mention we, I think it's safe to say that in Nebraska, but um, you know, very much in Lincoln where yeah. we're all right now that there is a, a very healthy and robust um, wellness programs across yeah. all different uh, industries and in uh, sectors. Um, do you have a group like that?
2: Well, I tell you where where we really pull from, and this gets back to benefits and insurance, is our captive, our symposiums, our communication there. It, they're just so progressive, and we just learn so many different ways. There's 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 so much low-hanging fruit, and it spills over from not just benefits, but into wellness too. And so that's probably where we pull most of our ideas and, and things that I see us doing that nobody else is doing, It, it usually it comes from that. It's, it, it comes from you know seeing somebody who's just launched a company called uh, Deep Longevity, and I will name drop them. But where they're taking your blood and they're giving you a full report and they're telling you here's what's making you older, here's what's making you younger, that type of thing. Um, so so we learn a lot from there too, and and yeah, I, um, you you pull from the community too. You know certainly I belong to a, a number of HR organizations and, and stuff, and so there's there's always that that discussion too. But that doesn't happen too frequently. Just Because a lot of us are just buried at work, right? I mean, we're busy with with our day-to-day activities. And so it's hard to kind of get out there and make that time to network and and learn those things.
1: Bob Williams is the Director of Human Resources at Garner Industries. Karen Ream is our Wellness Service Specialist with the Nebraska Safety Council. And Kelsey Pruce is our Wellness Services Manager here at the Nebraska Safety Council. Many thanks to the three of you for joining. I really enjoyed the conversation. I've learned a lot. And I um, hope uh, we'll do this again sooner than later, sometime in, uh, in 2024. But thank you very much for your time. Thank you, John. A uh, couple quick uh, pieces before we wrap up this uh, edition of the Connections podcast. Many thanks to uh, Cam Broham, our producer with Herd App Media, Chris and the rest of the team uh, at Herd App Media for all of their support. You've probably seen it multiple times uh, during our uh, Connections podcast here today, but I'll remind you again, Uh, our annual conference is coming up April 24th and 25th. You can register for that right now at nesafetycouncil.org. After the first of the year, we will release our schedule for the uh, Connections podcast for 2024. We're going to be going to a monthly format. So we're pretty excited um, about being able to have more of these conversations. So again, if you have any ideas on topics, or if you would like to be a part of the connections podcast please reach out Uh, you can contact us Uh, best way to do that it would be through our website at nesafetycouncil.org and for those that are members uh, maybe new members or have not um, become a member of the uh, nebraska safety council and you're interested in learning more about our services education and training we do have a membership monthly meeting which is coming up on monday december 18th so uh very very soon here a week from this coming monday uh, we'll do that. A very quick 15, 20 minute tour of everything that we have to offer here at the Nebraska Safety Council. And it is absolutely free to sign up and uh, learn more about what we do with that. Um, happy holidays. Uh, enjoy it. Stay safe. Again, thanks to Bob Williams, Karen Reem, Kelsey Proust. I'm John Leffler.
0: And this has been the Connections Podcast. The Connections Podcast is a presentation of the Nebraska Safety Council and produced by Herd Media. For questions, suggestions, or to inquire about being a guest, please email marketing at nesafetycouncil.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit us at nesafetycouncil.org.
3: A Huda Media Production.